welcome to My Best 11 podcast. Today, we are joined by a player who's played at a number of clubs um, up north, down south, teams such as Brighton, Wigan, um, Barnsley, Sheffield Wednesday, the mighty Luton, Forest, Chesterfield, Berry, and also has played so many games as well for Northern Ireland. Today, we are joined by Danny Wilson. How are you, Danny? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. Excellent. I, I, Marvin, you, you worked with, you, you worked with, you played with Danny. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for, I, I, for long, or I know it's towards the start of your career. Well, it was the start of my career. I mean, I got into the team um, when Danny was a, a regular at the club, and it was um, a thing where he obviously like took me underneath his wing, was like trying to help me. But at the same time, I mean, I can remember the, the most time he used to, he, he, I used to like to like be maybe a little bit overconfident with the ball, and, go, and they're like. Marvin, and just look at me, give me a look, a stare, and then my, I, I think, oh yeah, I know, too much, too much, Dan, I know, I know. So, no, he was, he was a great bro for, for someone like myself who just got into the first team and coming through. What, it was, what it was, was Marv like? Yeah, go on, that was going to say what yeah, was no, it was like. great. I mean, at that time, we, we had some, we had some um, terrific young lads who were coming through, and um, and I think with Ray Harford and, and obviously David before Ray and whatever you, manager, um, you know, they weren't they weren't have any fear of putting young lads in the team because I think they were looked after by the senior pros. We had a lot of senior pros there, a lot of experience um in this in this in the team as well, you know. And and um and it was great to get a breath of fresh air to get you know good young legs and enthusiasm and enthusiasm in the team as well. Um and the ones that they brought in, you know, weren't just put in there just because you know they they'd been told up or they were under pressure to play young ones, they were there on merit. And, uh, and Marvin was one of them, and um, so when you get when when you got young lads coming in the team, they're not just there because you know um, it's a whim or whatever. It's because they deserve to be there, and uh, and I think we encouraged that as well. You know, we we enjoyed that. Um, I think there was um, there was quite a few at that time. Gary Cobb and, and David Oldfield, if you remember, Marv. Yeah, King, Kingsley, Richard Harvey. Yeah. yeah, Richard Harvey. Yeah, yeah. No, so there was, there was quite a few who came into the into the into the squad into the team. And uh, right. it was great because it does freshen everything up. It freshens, you know, us up and it smartens up the, the older lads up as well. It smartens them up a bit, you know, at, uh, when you get these young lads zipping past you, you know, you think you're going to get up your game again, like, you know, and, we, and when we did, and that's what they do. They, they're a big lift for us all. Yeah, I was going to say that. Is there an element of some of the pros sees the young the young kids coming through almost as a threat and therefore they don't maybe help them as much as they should? Are there, are there some pros that do that? Well, yeah, I'm sure there are. If you're a little bit, you know, um, unsure about your own uh, future, and, you, and then you're getting, you know, taps on the shoulder from a young lawyer coming up behind you, type of thing. You know, you you've got to up your uh, up your game, and that's all. That's what's the beauty of football. You know, you, there's always somebody there waiting to take your place. You know, you, it's um, it's a, just a natural pro- progression. You know, and uh, and if if you are, you know, that older pro, you you're not performing or or, or putting the the work in that's that's um, required. You know you're going to be out of the side, and uh, you, nobody can complain about that. You know it's uh, whether you whether you get on with the players that's underneath you or not. It doesn't really matter. You know this is you, you've got to earn that right to be in the team, and whether you're 20 years old or 30 years old, it really doesn't matter. You know you're there on merit. Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna we're here to talk about your best eleven, the best right. players you ever set foot on a pitch with. So what we're going to do is we're going to go for a formation and then go through the players one at a time. And as Danny goes through, Marv and myself are going to try and guess. So whether or not you're on the tube, on the train, painting a wall or in the car, 
try and guess and see if you can probably you will beat myself and Marv. So first of all, just to give us a bit of structure, what formation are you going for? And give us a bit of a hint why. Well, you can you can really choose it yourself. Whether well, it's either going to be a four four two or four two four, and uh, when you when they name these players, uh, you'll understand why it's it's so flexible. Really, um, why I've 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 got this. I've tried to put in the most attacking minded players that I possibly could. The ones that I've played with all the time. And Marvin will, will, will know quite a few of them anyway. I'm sure um, <clears throat> after a few. Um, little nudges, but I think um, what I've tried to do is because it, it, it's an entertainment game, as I said, you know, and, and, and fans pay the money to be entertained. They don't be fat, you know, they're not paid to, to be bored, the, you know, the pants off them type of thing. So I've, put, I've tried to put in a team, you know, some lads who can get you to the edge of your seat, uh, can do the unexpected at times, but more importantly, we score goals and, and be very entertaining. Fantastic. And was it, was it, was it as, more, a little bit tougher than you thought it might have been? Because, I mean, a lot of people we've, we've spoke to about it and said, like, actually, when you come down and sit down and think of the nitty-gritty and you start trying to put players into place, you think, oh, shit, I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, it's, it's murder. I, absolutely, honestly. And there's that many there's that many players that, that over a... Particularly when you get to my age, you, you've played with or managed. You, you get them mixed up sometimes, but there's that many. And, and they're not always in the team just because the well-known, you know, this what right, the job yeah, good. The team, you know, what, what the job they did for everybody that was around them and they made other players better, you know, and that's right. a big help as well. You know, it's not, not always about the, you know, the, the person that um, would have the headlines every weekend. You know, it's, it's the ones that go unnoticed as well that, that I like to, to uh, recognise. Um, you know, but this one I've put together here, you know, maybe not all with, always with that, but certainly in one or two areas it is. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. So he's gone attacking. So we're looking forward to seeing some interesting strikers playing into central defence. But we'll see yeah. how we go. So goalkeepers, over to you. Give us some clues. Um, I think you, I think you'll sort of get this really because it, if you followed my career and and whatever, I've had I've had some terrific goalkeepers and um, uh, one or two obviously that that, that Miles played well as well. Uh, but this one in particular. Uh, he came to he came to our club out of the blue. We didn't. We never thought we'd get somebody as, as talented as him, um, because at the time there was quite a few clubs who were chasing him. We were big clubs, um, and he'd been at big clubs um, in the Premier League or the old First Division. Um, <clears throat> played for his country, um, regular uh, for his country at times, and also regular with, uh, with with every team that he's played for, versus in the Premier League. So um, not. The biggest of goalkeepers, you know, in in terms of six foot four five, he was six foot one. You know, not maybe not the biggest in in uh, in terms of what you expect nowadays, but um, agility wise, he he was absolutely magnificent. Um, fantastic. Okay, that I've got one guess? that I'm gonna go for. I bet you get it. Chris Woods. Bang on. Absolutely <sighs> bang. Good start, Andrew. Not bad at all. I was struggling. I was struggling. Really? I was trying to think. Yeah. Yes, because I, I was thinking. I was thinking Jennings straight away in my head, and then like and I'm thinking when he said about the um, played for his country, and then like I'm thinking. Yeah, because Chrissy Woods was number one throughout all yeah. of Graham Taylor's era, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, good shout. Good shout. Yeah, and um, Trevor Francis brought him into Sheffield Wednesday at the time. And uh, obviously, like I said, we were we were trying to vie with, believe this or not, with with Manchester United at that time. We had a good side, 
and uh, and Chris was one of the key players for us. Um, came in and did that brilliantly for us. Um, and, but what a great lad as well. You know, great, great in the dressing room, funny, um, like all goalkeepers, mad as atters. But uh, it was it was great company, but a, but an excellent keeper. Now, am I getting him confused? He wasn't English born, was he? Um, I don't know. I think was he American? I don't. I don't think so. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, from what I believe, I, I'm not. Oh, I bet. I, I'm probably wrong. I will take that back. I will take that yeah. back. I'm probably wrong. The question I was actually going to ask was related to um, Sheffield Wednesday, and I know this. We're going to get to some positives later. Don't worry. It's not all going to be doom and gloom. But 1993, two finals. Yeah. How how did you pick yourself up for the second one? Um, and what was it like after the second one? I mean, losing both, losing both to the Arsenal as well. What what was that like? I mean, just that whole month, I suppose, as well. Um, very difficult, of course. It was, you know. I think, you know, first and foremost, we we had um, we had brilliant seasons. You know, we we, um, <clears throat> we finished quite high up in the Premier League at the time. Um, you know, so we had to take the positives out of it. But at the same time, the one thing that was that was always um, put in front of us is that we were emerging, we were emerging to try and challenge challenge the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United and Liverpool's in those days, which was um, a big ask. You know, they did it regular, but we were like new boys on the block in, in terms of, of that. But when you look at the team that we had on paper over the couple of three seasons, um, we had some fantastic players in there. You know, some some boys that have played at the highest level ever, uh, maybe was coming down to us, but still could do a job for us at, at that top level. And ones that were emerging, you know, whether it be um, uh, overseas boys or, or, or local uh, local boys. So um, they had the they had a, both Ron Atkinson and, and Trevor Francis had a great knack of of being able to uh, merge these these lads together and mould this team. Um, and it was just as if you know, if one person left, another one came, and it was just seamless. I think that was a that was a magic of it. But more importantly, was was that we we, we never thought, and, and the confidence we were given by both the managers, we never thought we were ever ever um, subservient to to Liverpool, Man United, Man City, whoever it may be. We always felt we could we could go out and win and, and beat them in those years. A bit like at Luton days, you know, we we were underestimated also Luton, Marvin, weren't we? You yeah. know, and um, but yeah, we 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 come out. You know, you know, victor, victorious in in many games, and I think that's just really with it with the you know camaraderie and the belief that, that the the managers can give you at that time, and and obviously the players around you. You know, you need that that talent around you to to succeed. Yeah. So with the ninety three, did it did it push you on losing the first one? Did it make you want to get a bit of revenge? Um, was it used? Was it was it used as that bit of a pick me up going into the FA Cup final? Well, it was, yeah. Of course, it was. I mean, you know, you don't. No, it's the worst. It's a great best feeling in the world getting on there, and the worst feeling ever when you lose. You know, it's uh, the the emotions are just completely opposite poles. You know, and um, so yeah, of course, you know, you, you want to get back there again. You want to prove that you, you you're capable of going on and winning something, and that was what we we tried to do. You know, we we tried to, you know, put behind us what um, you know what had happened previously. Um, you know, never going to be easy against against you know great opposition as well, and and, and opposition that was a top of the league again. You know, so it's always going to be a, bit, a tough ask to do. Yeah, and again, something such as yourself probably use a bit of that experience having won there five years earlier as well. Um, I know there were other other players who'd won at Wembley, but you actually winning the cup final probably had a lot of that experience as well, which you were able to pass on to the players. Well, well, it did. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I think. Maybe that's possibly why I was in the team, you know, you know, for 
for um for the, the, the amount of time that I was at Sheffield Wednesday. I think Ron Atkinson said at the time I was the eldest player, the oldest player he'd ever bought. Um, but it was I think it was just about the experience. So when games like that come along, you know, I think he, he looked to experienced lads, you know, didn't really put young ones in those circumstances. Um, and I was one of the eldest there. So yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So we're gonna move on to right back or left back. Where do you want to go, Danny? Well, um, let's have a look. We'll we'll go for left back. We'll go for left back. Um I was torn a little bit on this one, um, simply because uh, how can I say I like I like well, these, these other two boys I, I love them sorry, Dan sorry Dan you can give honourable mentions afterwards I mean so that so it doesn't give us clues but, um, once you've named the one we've cast right. it you can okay. say the other two so it gives them uh-huh. right, Mon- yeah there's other two there's two others that um, it was very very close run run thing obviously but the one that I've gone for um, again was a, an international player um, I played with um, terrific, terrific left foot. Um, what an engine! What an engine up and down that line. Um, as good attacking as he was defending. Um, not the best aerially, I wouldn't say. He, he couldn't head a cue if, if you asked him honestly. He was uh, not the best in the air. But um, but the rest of his game was was terrific. It was terrific. Did, you, right did you play with him at Sheffield Wednesday as well? Um, yes. His uh, his right foot was for standing on. Never used it, but didn't need to because he had such a good left foot. <laughs> but he, but very good player. Melvin? Nigel Worthington. Bye, you're on the ball, you two today. Yes. Nigel Worthington. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the only reason that I went for Nigel was, again, was really because of his experience at international level as well. He's played in a couple of World Cups. And um, the other the other two was um, Ashley, was Grimesy. Um, as you know, again, you could, you could say, suggest that you know, Ashley got a one of one of a left foot. If you can remember the, you know, the ball he placed for the cup final for um oh, for Steenie, outside, his, outside of his foot. Outside of his foot, what a what a ball that was. Um, and the other one was um, was King. Um, that King who played it. Um, Phil King who played it. Sheffield yeah. Rangers, Swindon, and um, they played in the same team together. And Nigel and King, they they were both that good. They could play one in front of each other or one behind each other. They weren't, they weren't bothered. They, they had a fantastic um, understanding. Um, but I went for Nigel uh, through his experience and his and his longevity. He's a yeah, very, very long time in the game at, and, and played virtually every game you know, that, uh, that he was involved in clubs at. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, so two to two, boys. That's not bad. You, 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 can understand why, you can understand why I was so crap when I was playing. I was easy to read. <laughs> uh, no, we, we listen. We've got better. We when we first started, it was like, oh gosh, I don't know who that. And then we obviously now it's a case where, I mean, there's going to be players like you don't pick who were like you'll think. I mean, oh, we might even mention them. You might think, oh my gosh, where they dug in from, sort of thing, because your career did like go over a long span. I mean, started, was it Wigan? Was it started? Yeah, yeah. Wigan, yeah, seventy-six. No league, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, hopefully you go along. I might have one or two more difficult ones for you. Hope with a bit yeah. of So you, oh, interesting. You start at Wigan. You played for a few clubs and managed a few clubs. Obviously, you, you you can't keep an eye for every single club. Are there a couple that you that you go to? And in terms of, I, I, believe it or not, um, Andrew, I do I do look at all the clubs. It yeah. takes me a long time to get through them all. Like, but I do look. <laughs> Look at the results every Saturday. It takes me a long time, like, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I follow them all. I don't, I don't think there's been a club playing or um, <clears throat> um, or managing that I've I've walked away from. I thought, you know what, that was shit. 
I didn't enjoy them one minute to the other. There's not been one. And they, they don't have to be successful either. You know, sometimes it's it's about, you know, keeping teams up in the league or or um, stopping relegation or whatever it may be. But there's a success underlying that doesn't always suggest that you're going to win something. And, um, you know, a lot of clubs that, that I've gone to, you, you've gone in like a red adair. You know, you, you're troubleshooting all the time. But to get them stabilised again and they put them on the right track is, is, is very, very... Um, uh, it's fulfilling in my respect. It's, it's very good. And, and I think, you know, the you are recognised by the club itself because, you know, they know the position they were in prior to that. So um, so there's not one club that I can turn around and say that I didn't enjoy. And that's why I really look for all the, the results as we go along, you know, and, um, and just see how they're going on at, at this given time. Yeah. So, I was going to say, Dan, what your story as a, as, um, a kid was, I mean, football, was it something which you always wanted to do? And did how did it all come about? Was it you know, did you do it like an apprenticeship? Was it something like that? Or was no, it like I didn't. well, I started off, man. I was um I was playing with Wigan um since I was about 14 or 15. And um I was uh, I was playing from one particular day and uh, when I went into professional football, um, because I was only still they're in non-league and I was getting paid a pound a week, <laughs> believe it or not. In a brown envelope, it was the first time I was 15 years old, I got a pound to play instead of paying my subs to, to the club, like, you know. And um, I was uh, I was playing for the team, uh, for this particular team. Um, and, I, and there was a lad who was a centre forward called Gary Dickens, who was a very good player and some clubs had come to watch him. And that's how I was picked up. I was I was in the team, you know, with another boy who was, who was, who was grabbing all the uh, attention. Um, and so, but, but I went to work. I, I was, uh, I left school. Um, did a few exams and what have you, but I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be uh, um, uh, an engineer. And uh, my dad got me a job at the works where he worked. And um, I started to work as, as an apprentice engineer. But then at 17, um, I got I got spotted and then taken to Bury. Uh, and I, I went to pro from there. And I didn't, I didn't want to not have the chance to, to, to try it. So I, I put the engineering side of it on hold just to see how I was, and it, it just took off. So it was, um, I was very fortunate, really, in that respect. But I was down to work. I was, I, you know, I was six in the morning, coming home at six at night, and absolutely black with, with uh, brick dust. It was a brickworks. And, um, and I thought, I don't want this rest of my life. You know, and uh, my dad thoroughly encouraged me to have a go. You know, and just said, yeah, you can always come back to this if, if it doesn't work out, which was great. Was there, was you, did, you, did you know that you had a chance? Was there, like... I mean, a group of kids who used to like <clears throat> growing up with playing, and like there was a group of you who, like, were sort of like on the verge of maybe like getting spotted by clubs because it just sounds like you was like on your own. It sounds like you had this like a little bit of vision of maybe being on the side just playing football, but a case where you had to go. I mean, back in the day, obviously, you know you'd have to go and get a real job. As I mean, my parents used to say to me a little bit as well, you know. So it wasn't a case where most parents supported their kids to go and play the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, when, when I was younger, I think I, I think I had a, a little bit of an inkling, really, because I was never I was never playing with my own age um, group. I was always, like, two or three years above it. And then I went to Open League. When I was 14, I was playing in the Men's League. You know, so I thought then, at the time when the old fellas are trying to boot shit out. You're like, you know, you've got a bit of a chance, but I was quick, so I could get out of the way. So it wasn't too bad in that respect. But um, but then one or two, when one or two started to, you know, to be show a little bit of interest, then 
And I thought I had a bit of something. And then when I went to the first club, professional club, which was Bury, um, there were some older players there. And, and one in particular was um, uh, the chairman of the uh, the PFA, Gordon Taylor. And um, Gordon was was a winger um, at the time. But he was playing from for Bolton and Birmingham. Came to Bury to the back last few years, for his last few years of, of playing. And um, he took me under his wing a little bit. Um, not necessarily by, you know, telling me how to play, but encouraging me. And but what he was at the time, very, very articulate guy, very educated guy, and he taught me a lot about contracts. And um, he just put things in my mind. Just to, if ever you, you you have to, you know, uh, get a transfer or this that. No, this is the type of thing you should do. And it, and he just uh, he just helped me throughout. But um, so that in my early years there, it was um, it was great really from that respect. I had a lot of experienced boys who were in there. Um, Ken Beamish, you'll not remember these names. Ken Beamish was there, and and um, John Ritson, who was a fullback who played for Bolton and whatever, very experienced again. Um, you know, these lads, they, they were a massive help for, for me at a young age. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to go to right back next to the other side of Nigel. Let's see who's there. Well, I, I think um, I think this will be easy, really, for you. Um the clues I give you are just, are just are just too easy. He's just a, such a well-known guy. Um, six foot two, right back. He could play now in in in, in any position really. Modern day football, if it suits him down to the ground, um, up and down the line, scores goals, um, international. What can I, what more can I say? Internationally score. Uh, I'll give it away if I said the obvious one. But um, did he, did he did play he, for? Did he play for? Forest. He did. Middlesbrough, Man United. Uh, Man United, yes, not Middlesbrough. Not Middlesbrough. Sheffield Wednesday, sorry. Yeah. Viv Anderson. Viv Anderson. Yeah. Viv Anderson, yeah. Yeah. Right out. Yeah, Viv's a, 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 he's a massive friend of mine. He, he'd give me a bollock in my hands. I mentioned him anyway, so I had to. <laughs> 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 but, uh, he's a, but what a player. When he, when he, in his pomp, he was as good as anything nowadays. You, you'd see, you know, this. Um, that's uh, performing on on the in the Premier League now. He he, he could match anything with that. Um, fantastic acceleration, gets goals, can play centre back as well. Tall, gangly, um, obviously first black player to play yeah. for England. Um, you know, so in, to go through all that as well. You know, you know, with with all the abuse that he used to have, and I've heard it myself on the you know from the terraces when I played with him. Um, and to get through all that and, and still be a good a player as he was, you know, it, it takes some doing. And um, and his, his mentality is absolutely fantastic. Great lad. Never lets anything get on top of him. Um, and still is to this day. He's not changed one, one bit in the, in the 35 years I've known him. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Viv Anderson's right back. Let's go to yeah. some centre-backs and see if young Marvin's in there. Oh, my gosh. He's playing with international. That'd be so silly. <laughs> Um, right, one of them, um, one of the best readers of the game that I've, I think I've ever played with. Um, I don't think there's many of them like him nowadays. Not really the biggest player. Played as a uh, a number six rather than number five. Um, read the game so well. He, he read the game before a striker was even getting going to get the ball. He knew what the opposition midfield players or, or opposition teammates were, were thinking. They would nip in front of you nip the ball in front of you, just come out and start to play. Could walk in through midfield. He could play anywhere at all on the pitch. Great reader of the game. 
Um, quick, strong, um, excellent, excellent player. Play for Man United? No. Ooh. Oh, I was going to say you as you, Andrew. You would well. go Man United and Chelsea like me, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> Who were going for? I was going for Mal. No, 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 no. no. We was going for Mal. I was going for Mal Donahue. Yeah. Um, no Mal, more Mal, Mal was in there. Mal was in there, by the way. He, he was an international. Um, he was. I told you it get a bit tricky as you got on, didn't I? All I heard was, all I heard throughout all that, I wasn't listening to any of the clues. I was just checking off Mal Donahue's clues. That's all I was doing. I wasn't listening to any of the clues. All right, I'm going to chuck a different one in there. I don't know if he was fully centre-back. Roland Nielsen. No. Roland Roland again. He was was my second choice at right-back through Viv. He he was a terrific player, but yeah, he could have have quite easily um, attributed to all those qualities I've just been speaking about. He's going to do us. He's no, gonna, I've got a few up my sleeve. I just don't want to say him. But number five, because Fozzie was... Fozzie was, Fozzie was no, but then, I can't mean talk. Then, he wasn't a five. He, he was a six, this he guy. Six, he stepped into yeah. the field. So, yeah. I mean... Number six. I, it wasn't I was that much bigger than I, I was suggesting we'd been about five foot, eight, nine, ten, something like that. Not the biggest. Ooh. But brilliant at reading the game. <clears throat> So that rules out people like Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson's gone then because he's tall. Who? Nigel Pearson. Oh, Nigel Pearson. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. The, the cult, like, I mean, Nigel Pearson, Fozzie, they would, I mean, they're great defenders. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Get, I'm, got, I'm talking out loud to try and prompt you, Mark. We're working as a team here midfield. so Danny doesn't beat us. <laughs> it's a good one. How <laughs> tall was Norman Whiteside? No. Norman, Norman five. 5, 10, 11, yeah, but he was a striker. Striker? Stroke yeah, midfield player, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. How <laughs> tall And uh, Jerry Taggart? No. No, thanks. He's going to kill me. Go on, then. Go on, Dan. You've done this. You've done this. Can I give you another clue? Yes. Go on, then, yeah. Well, he, his son played um, quite a lot as well in uh, in league football. He had made a bit of a name. He's not playing anymore, but he, he made a bit of a name for himself as well. Similar, similar type of position as well where he played. <laughs> it's is, annoying, his son's, is his son still playing? Uh, no. He finished maybe three or four, four years ago. My gosh, send that back. It's going to kick. It's going to do my head in when I... Go on, I, I mean, he's done us. He's done us. I can't... Done you? Hold on. Give us, give, us, give us the club. The club? Yeah. What? Nottingham Forest. <laughs> You're going to kick yourselves. I know. His son played at the top level too. Yep. People at home are shouting, Marvin. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Forest fans. One of the great players. Brian Clough absolutely loved him. Absolutely loved him. Adored him because of his ability to to read the game so well. He just, he was fantastic. All right. The only other person I can think of is Des Walker, but it's not Des Walker. No, it's not. See, we're both on the same page, Marvin. Because <laughs> he hasn't got any... He, his kid hasn't... His kid, that's what's going to annoy me now. And his son played as well. In the centre-back position. Yeah, do you want his name? Do you want his, do you want his son's first name? Yeah. <laughs> Andy. I'm done. I, I can't believe this. I'm Andy. Go on, where tell did, us. Where did Colin Todd play? Wow, there you Colin go. Colin Todd, he's got it. Oh. Colin Todd well and Andy. Done, Yes, <laughs> he gave it to us. That wasn't even on a platter. 
I think no, the house is fully serving it up to us. I but... know. Crimes. Crimes. What a player. Colin Todd. There we go. Colin Todd. Yeah. Colin. One of the best players ever. That we couldn't get. Yeah. Good Colin. effort, though. Good effort. Oh. oh yeah, but you're giving it us in the end. We had to give it to. He's more or less given to us, hasn't he? In the end, my yeah, gosh! Yeah. I know Colin Todd. I wasn't. I don't even. I don't even. I, and I'm. I'm looking down now at my research. Forrest, yes. Anderson, Fairclough, Todd, Swain. <laughs> I got him. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so you love Good playing on. with him, man. Oh, he was, he was brilliant. I, I mean, I'm, and, and such a funny, one of the funniest fellows I've met as well. But, um, but what a player. He, he, he's, he's, he's reading, I just don't know how he did it. He, he used to nip in front of defenders all the time, in front of strikers all the time. Just come away with the ball and just walking through midfield. He was such a, the, 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 this, the, the strikers he played against were just in awe of him because he just read things straight away. And, and the times that they think he was coming, it was 10 years off him. And they'd be, they didn't right. know what it was. It was just like a ghost. You could just ghost in around. It was just terrific. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they'd, they'd make runs in behind. He'd just be waiting for them. You know, he'd, he'd just wait and just take the ball off them because he was quick and strong. Yeah, he was um excellent, excellent player. Yeah. yeah, very good player that we couldn't remember. So we're going to go for a number six now. Okay. Which, fingers crossed, is Fozzy. Well, <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, it is. I know you've got to straight oh, away. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, and, and the reason the we reason can't I have put, the podcast too long. That's why I made sure I shortened <laughs> it down by not going through those clues. <laughs> yeah, the, the, one, the one thing I think with with uh, with Fozzie more than anything is that because I had uh, Mal down, Mal Donaghy, and, and Nigel Pearson as well as Toddy. Um, Fozzie again, you know, he, I played with him on two occasions, Luton and at Brighton, and uh, and throughout there, his, his leadership abilities, as, as Marvin will know as well as anybody, um, was terrific. You know, and um, Fozzie off the pitch was a different animal on the pitch. You know, off the pitch, he was a funny man. He was a he was a guy who brought all the club together. He would be out with a for a pint with the lads and get them all together. And then, but on the pitch, he was a leader. You know, and um, he was a leader of men without a shadow of doubt. And uh, he would put his 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 body on the line for you uh, throughout, no, no matter what. And the, and the two spells I had with him were two very successful spells as well, which was great from my point of view. So, um, so Fozzie had to be um, partnering Colin Todd in that. That would have been a good partnership in, in yeah, life. Yeah, very good partnership. Yeah. Oh, very much so, very much so. Yeah. Going back to what now you're talking about, Fozzie and leadership and, and that game, talk us through that cup final and how it felt. The, which one? The, <laughs> the Luton 1988. There's a Luton oh, the, the Arsenal one. It. Yes, I got the Arsenal. Oh, well. well, I mean, th- there's been a lot of talk about, about of that, you know, what a, what a, a real... Upset it was for everybody. It was an upset for us. We we didn't feel it was an upset. We thought we could we could go and do it anyway. Um, and given the, the the team that we had out there and the players and the quality that we had in there and you know and you know the likes of Ricky Hill and and uh, and Steenies and and you know Kings everybody you know you can go through the team one by one. You know a big make and um, we thought we we could yeah. you know we could we could give anybody a game um, Arsenal included. Um, you know and and we did. And, and I think, you know, but everybody will remember the goals that we scored, but the, if it were for one person, that game would have been lost. And that was Dibs. You know, Dibs had an, an unbelievable game. I mean, he pulled off two, three saves, I can remember now, from one from um, Smith, a header. Yeah. He, he did one again from um, uh, from Hayes, another Hayes, one. Yeah. yeah he won the tip, and then a penalty for Winterburn. Yeah, you know, without those saves, we we wouldn't have won the cup. You know, so he, he's 
and, and with all due respect to um, to Les, when when Les was injured and couldn't play in the game, you know everybody thought, well, well, you know, Dibs, well, you know, how will he react? He, he reacted in the the best possible way ever, and and had the game of his life, you know, and um, went on to have some more games like that. You know, that wasn't just the only one, but that was the start of everybody getting to know Andy Dibble. And uh, but what a game that was! You know, in in terms of everything that was going on in in football in in um, in the game itself, sorry, in the game of football, you know, to um, to score the goals we did, to come from behind, to have penalty saves like like uh, like Dibs did. It was it was just a, a game that had everything. And uh, you look back at it now; it's it's a great game to watch again. I've watched it a couple of times. The whole entire yeah. it's it was a very good game. Everything, everything it was a great game. I, I think Dan, going back to what you said about um, everyone else thinking that it was like a big upset. I mean, obviously, like you said. As a club, we were very confident, but I think that come from, I don't know if it was, was it a month earlier or maybe two weeks there, we had lost to Reading in the yeah. Simmer Cup final. So I think that's what I think it was in the other people's head outside that it was a battering we got from Reading and hence they thought, oh, if that's what's Reading's done to them, that's, but can you imagine what Arsenal's going to do to them? Well, that's right, Marvin. I mean, I mean, and they deserved as well, Reading. You know, they, um, the reach was four. And uh, yeah. it could have been more. We, we we never at the races at all. We we uh, we maybe got in with a little bit of uh, how can I say uh, a little bit of um, big headedness and thinking that we would just stroll it, but we didn't. We got we got absolute pulled, and um, and rightly so. And, and like you say, Marvin, right, it was a, a wake up call for us. Um, and I, and I, it wasn't a very good feeling to to lose in a full, mem- full members cup, wasn't it? Um, yeah. In the full members cup in that manner, and, and to a team that was below us, you know, in, in the league yeah. below. us. So um, that was a bit embarrassing, you know, with all these these good players we're supposed to have, and, and we got absolutely turned over. So yeah, that was a big. It was a big, big wake up call for us, and and we responded really well to it, which was great. Yeah, sensational, sensational. I love it. I could hear listen about that game all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we can do is we are going to pause it there, and then when we come back from a break, we're going to hear the rest of Danny Wilson's My Best Eleven. Welcome back to the second part of Danny Wilson's My Best Eleven. So far, Chris Woods, Nigel Worthington, Viv Anderson, Colin Todd and Steve Foster. I'm going to hand straight over to Marv for Marv's quickfire, 60 seconds. Marvin. Okay, Dan. Favourite other sport? Golf, I bet. Golf. Yeah. Um, Golden goal or penalty shootout? Uh, Penalty shootout. Pele or Maradona? Pele. Best player you've seen live? So not on TV, like you've gone and watched, you've seen with your own eyes, best player? Maradona. I played against him. Wow. Bundesliga, La Liga or Syria for quality? Uh, Syria. VAR or no VAR? No VAR. Beer, wine or spirit? All. <laughs> Um, this is a tough one. Best ground you've played at or visited? New Camp. That's a one. One more. All right. Um, if you wasn't a footballer, what would you have done? I think I'm talking about like a before being an engineer. I think yeah. I think I've gone to that trade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go back to the Maradona one. So you played against Maradona. Um, obviously. Yeah. 
very close together. I know he was kind of a forward centre attacking midfielder. So he'd have been pretty close to him on the pitch. What was that like? Um, we played in a tournament um, when I was at Nottingham Forest, and we played it um, in a four club tournament with um, <clears throat> with with um, Barcelona, uh, Ajax, and I think it was Frankfurt. What in the late eighties? Yeah, oh, yeah. The players in that Ajax team. Is- I know. Jeez. I know, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we uh, we we arrived in um, in Spain, and it's it's been pouring down the rain in Spain, and all this stuff. It has been pouring down for days. Anyway, so we go to the stadium, and we look at the stadium, and we look at the pitch. And the pitch from from outside looks great, looks green, looks beautiful, lush. You get on it, and you're sinking about six or seven inches down in the uh, in the pitch, full of water. Anyway, so the the game goes ahead. So Maradona plays the first couple of balls, um, gets stops in the water. So he he must have thought in his mind, this is pointless. So he just started to juggle the ball all the game. And he just he volleyed the ball. Every time he got a ball, he flicked it up and passed it on the volley. All over the park, no matter if people were trying to kick him, whatever, just volleyed the ball on him. It was an unbelievable performance. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it was uh, immense. And I was I was given the, the task of marking him to a certain degree, um, trying to mark him anyway. And uh, just bounced off him. It was just like a pampas bull. It was so strong. Just bounced off him. Every time he got near him, boing, he just he just banged you up, binged you yeah. straight away. And um, and right at the, uh, the end, I thought, well, there's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to get a shirt off him. <laughs> if anything else, I'm going to get a shirt. Anyway, so um, final whistle was about to go. And uh, Kenny Swain went over to him and swapped shirts with him before I could get near him. He'd never been near him all the time. And he swapped shirts with him. I thought, you twat. <laughs> But I ended. Up, I didn't get a bad one really. I got um, I got a shirt from uh, Bert Suster, so uh, that oh. wasn't bad. German captain at the time, so that wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> so he's married on the best player we've played against. He's got to be. Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, he's got to be. He was. He was. He was immense. You know, and uh, and then you see him properly. You know, performing on, on a great pitch on a proper pitch, and you just see him just fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Sensational, sensational. So we're going to keep going and see who's in your midfield. Over to you, Danny. Wherever you want to go. Right. Um, by the way, there's a there's a there's a a, a wealth of, of talent that I've got in front of me, um, but I've underlined four names. Um, <clears throat> this time we'll go for um, one that's very close to heart, and I think you all know this one. It'll be the easiest one, I think, of all of them. Um, Where are we going? Right, left, centre, central. Thanks. Played uh, played for England, great ability, um, strong, bit like um, Maradona. I was just talking about. They're very difficult to get off the ball. Um, links play very very well. Fantastic in the air for his size. Um, very unfortunate, really, and I say this with all with all due respect that he never went on to play for one of the big big clubs um, in the Premier League. Um, sadly, because uh, I think he would have been more of a name than he is already. But a uh, great player, great player, great personality, but um, a little bit underrated at times. I'm struggling again, Andrew. I think he's put Ricky in central midfield. I have. Well done. Yes, Andrew! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and Marvin, you'll, you'll back me up on that, I think. You know, although Luton, were, we, we know love Luton, I thought it was a great club and what have you, but when the big clubs were out there and they didn't, Come for Rick, it was such a surprise. I don't know if anybody ever did. I've, I've no idea when the club turned it down. Maybe I don't know. But um, 
I was you have to listen to have, have a listen to his podcast. He's he's yeah, been yeah. he did a really big podcast with us, didn't he, Mark? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and, uh, no one no one no one to his knowledge um to his knowledge he said not he ever knew about there were whispers about yes. Spurs or Spurs. Spurs, yeah. yeah. Well, I think in those days, you know, you, we we didn't we didn't tell all of the agents that they've got nowadays that are touting you around and you get to know through the press and whatever. Yeah. There, you just you just you believed in the club you were playing for. You did your best for the club, and if if the manager came to you or the chairman came to you and said, "Listen, we've had a bid," that's about the only thing you knew. You know, we did we 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 were kept in the dark. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't know if people were interested in us or not. Yeah. So. Um, which was a good thing, I suppose. You just kept a concentration. Yeah. You weren't looking, you know, to, to go elsewhere every time, you know, that somebody said you're a shit or whatever, like, you know. And, you know, <laughs> that was a bit upsetting, I think, on the transfer then. You know, they you didn't do that in them days. You, know, you got on with it. You, you know, you made sure that you, were, you, you weren't ever levelled that criticism out again. Yeah. They, they Ricky, say that the great players make um, other players better. Is that something you say about Ricky as well? He made you... A better, much better player as well. Without you know, listen, I was just a hog carrier. Um, but we, I left it to the likes of of Ricky and that who, who could open doors. You know, Kingsley, Steeny, um, all the Steen, the both the Steens. You know, they 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 were the boys that that could open defenses up. You know, I I could run, I could tackle a little bit. You know, I could get the odd goal, but more than anything, I was a hog carrier. Got the ball and give it to them. I let them get on with their magic, and and I was quite happy doing that. You know, that was that was my game, and if I could do that. And help other players that were great, but, but Ricky was the one who would, who would um, be the difference between winning and, and not winning. Yeah, no, definitely. And, that, and how did and how did that move come about to Luton from Brighton, Danny? How did that come about? Um, I had I had quite a few ch- um, chances to go elsewhere as well to other clubs as well at that time. The club at Brighton were in a, a bit of financial difficulties. Um, Alan Muller is the manager at Brighton and. Um, I still had I still had um, two years of my contract still to go there, oh. and uh, because there's quite a bit of interest, that clubs were coming in. He, he pulled me to one side, and uh, in fact, I just moved into a new house only about a month before that. And um, yeah, and uh, Alan pulled me to one side and said, "Listen, will you do me a favour?" And uh, I said, "Of course, I love I love Bullers. He was a great fella." He said, "Will you sign another contract?" And um, I said, "What do you mean?" I said, well, "I've still got two years." I know. I said, "But." The longer contract you've got, the more money we might get for you. He said, because it looks like you'll be going. I said, oh, right, okay. So I did. And um, so I signed another contract and um, and lo and behold, within three or four weeks of that, I was gone. Um, um, Luton had come in for us, a few clubs had come in for us, but when I saw the uh, you know the, the the potential of Luton and the players I've been mentioning before, um, it was a no-brainer for me. I wanted to go and and... and play alongside some of those players or hopefully earn the chance to play alongside them. And um, and that's what happened. That's why I went. Mm. Yeah. And obviously you went to Luton then Wednesday and Barnsley and that's where you got into management. Just talk us through how that happened as well then. So kind of going from player into the, into the management side. I, well, for a long time, people were kept telling me that I'll go into management and I didn't, I didn't understand why they were saying that. I had no idea, you know, but I, I just said, well, I'm going to play as long as I can and I never even had second thoughts about it. You know, I was just enjoying my football so much. I just, that's all I wanted to do is continue playing that. But I, um, when Viv, um, when we were at Sheffield Wednesday, Viv's contract was coming to an end and uh, John Dennis from, who was the chairman of Barnsley, came and, and asked for permission to speak to him about being player manager. And um, so Viv went and he said, and he, he liked what he heard and, you know, and, and the opportunity from that point of view, 
Viv was like a couple of years older than me. Um, <clears throat> I was, uh, I think I was about 34 at the time, 33 at the time, sorry. And um, but Viv had said that if if he went, the only reason he would go is if he could take me along with him as, as an assistant and I'm a player, player, manager, uh, player coach. So really, Barnsley got two players for next to nothing, really. Um, you know, and, and experience as well. We were all there playing, but Viv didn't play many games. I played more games um, than Viv did. But, um, and that's, and then happened, Viv always said all along, because his best mate is, um, was Brian uh, Robson at the time. And he went to, got the job at Middlesbrough. And he always said that if, if he got a job, would, he, would Viv go with him? And Viv said, yes. And he did. You know, he said, I'm going to Middlesbrough, you know, and told the chairman. Chairman came to me and said, you know, we like what's been going on and there's been a bit of development. We want you to carry it on if you can. So I did. I carried on for one year as a player manager, then packed it in because I was it was too much, you know, to do. Uh, I was playing, managing, scouting, coaching, going watching games. It didn't matter, you know. They just got too much to do it all, and then trying to keep myself fit and then playing in the match days, and you you end up trying to do everybody else's job and not do your own, and you know. So it it just got a bit too much, and uh, so I packed it in and, and just c- continue with the management. And uh, fortunately for us, it went very well. We had a, we had a promotion in mm. the Premier League after a couple of years. Excellent. And so it wasn't something you always had in the back of your mind to do? It, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Andrew. No, I didn't. Um, like I say, it, it was other people that were telling me. I didn't. Mm. I never really thought about it. Maybe they, they'd seen, you know, um, some sort of, uh, of trait of, as a manager has that, that I would one day become a manager. I don't know. But, and I never really thought about it. But then when that's the first year that I had the, the, um, the, the um, player coach and the player manager, I thought I quite like this. I like the management more than the coaching, you know, and although I did a lot of coaching as well, but I did enjoy the management part of it. Um, I don't, I didn't really mind confrontations with players and, you know, and, and telling, you know, the truth at times, you know, I don't, I didn't really, you know, shy away from that side of it. So I didn't really bother me. So, but it's, um, it, it was, I just enjoyed as well that seeing lads come through and then on match days, carrying out, you know, what, you're, what you've been training all week, and, and trying to do, and then carry it onto the pitch, and then young lads developing. It was, it was it's a great, great uh, feeling when you see these these boys come through and, and have good careers. Oh, fantastic! Excellent, excellent. So next to Ricky, right next to Ricky, um, <clears throat> midfield player, uh, one of the one of the the toughest guys that I've played with uh, and against. Um, again, in that midfield, I think he would. It would really, really um, uh, help Ricky as well because he could do the things that Ricky couldn't do um, on the other side of the game. But he had a reputation. You didn't want to mess with him. Um, Ex-Liverpool? Ex yeah. Southampton? Yep. He was tough. I, I, played a, I played in a game, a reserve game, and I was going, oh, my gosh, he tackled me. Like, obviously, <laughs> I, my shins, right? I, it felt like I'd gone for a shredder. It was like burning me. Like, like, <laughs> and I knew, I mean, Jimmy Case. Jimmy Case. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Case. Case. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he, is. he was a tough man. No, uh, Jim was, was brilliant. And and deaf as a doorpost as well, as I'm sure you know. And say, and that's because what, that's what Fozzie, I think Fozzie roomed with him, didn't he? I think yeah. Fozzie roomed with him somewhere. Fozzie said about him being deaf. Oh, he's definitely a doorpost. But he, he, one of the funniest ones as well, you know, that, that you could meet as well. He, and he was one of these. When, when, when he used to go away and, uh, uh, you know, lads would wreck other lads' rooms and they'd, they'd turn the beds and the upside down and uh, mattresses and this, that and the other and throw all the stuff out the wardrobe. Bit, 
Um, Jim was quite the opposite. He'd go in and tidy your room up for you. <laughs> so you, you knew that if you watch out your room and you've got your clothes on the floor and Jim nipped in, he'd hang them up for you and put everything in straight and fold them up and say, fucking hell, Jim has been in, bastard. He <laughs> 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 was brilliant. He'd tidy everything. It was great. But uh, he was a funny, funny man. Yeah, but, he, but what a tough player. And, and he's won everything you can in domestic football yeah. you can uh, you could ever wish to to win, you know, European cups, FA cups, league titles, everything, you know, and uh, what a, what a what a career he had, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So, Ricky, Jimmy, who's on the wings? Because they're clearly wingers. If you've gone four two four or four four two, yep. Um, another one. Um, he started um, quite young. Didn't really fulfil a lot of um, his potential at uh, at his early ages. But then as, as his career went on, uh, went to numerous clubs um, in Europe and and uh, over here, um, became a household name. Yep. Um, international, what a winger. What a winger. Not, re- not got much pace, really, I wouldn't say. Just glide passion. But he had the, he had the body swerve that was to die for. And uh, he was just twitching knots. Um, terrific player. Um, and brilliant. Once you give him the ball, just get on with it. He was great. Yeah, it's weird. I reckon, I reckon if you were to tell a kid to watch a winger, you'd tell him to watch him because I remember my dad saying he never used to move more than a metre off the touchline. That's right. Exactly right. He just well, stayed there, like, hugged there. Yeah. <clears throat> it was when, when in, uh, in years coming um, now, when we've got the, uh, the left winger on the right and vice versa, where they're cutting inside. He always played on the left-hand side, very rarely played on the right-hand side. But towards the end of his career, when he did, we saw a different player again, one that could come in and score goals for fun mm. rather than just producing you know, goals for other players you know, and, uh, and be a service player. He was uh, he come inside and he's, that left foot that he had, he, he could score from everywhere. Mm. Um, gave another dimension to his game, in fairness to him. And, um, and again, a real, real problem for defenders when it, come, when it comes inside like that. Yeah, so we're talking about Chrissy Chrissy Waddle we're talking about. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite easy, that one, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, so you're talking about times when he was at Bradford and those type of places as well, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he was still playing. Chris was still playing. I still see quite a bit of him. Uh, Chris was still playing up until about two years ago as well in um, non-league. Non-league, yeah. Yeah, he he just got a love of football, like, you know, and and with his ability, like, even even at his age now, we're still sending players all over the place on on non-league surfaces, but uh, he still had that desire and that love for the game, you know, which which is great. You know, I wish, I wish I I could do it as well, you know, but, you know, he's, uh, he didn't go into many tackles, though, I don't believe, if I can remember. So, (laughs) I had to get away with a few injuries. (laughs) Do you still play yourself? Do you still have a kick around? No, oh, absolutely not. No, I've not played. No, you look, you look, you look quite fit though, Dan. You're looking fit. I've, I've just, um, believe it or not, I've just had a uh, an ankle replacement. So oh. I've had a problem with an ankle for years and years and years, and uh, it just got to a stage now where it just it walking became very painful. So I just had a full a full replacement about eight months ago, nine months ago, and it's uh, it's been great. But up until that, I didn't. I don't think I played in a game, a competitive game after I finished football at 34. I, I don't. I didn't play a game at all. Not even charity games or anything like that. No. Just, uh, it's just golf. It's just, it's just your love of golf, is it? Well, it is, yeah. It is. Yeah. I, love, I love playing, yeah. yeah. As, you, as you know. <laughs> what, what you, where, where, what are you playing off? Um, I'm playing off seven at the moment, but it's, oh. uh, it's, it's not particularly good. I've, I've been down, but I'm coming back up again again now. <laughs> I'll take seven. 
Jeez. <laughs> Marv and I need seven extra per hole, let alone a handicap <laughs> I'm of seven. Play, I'm playing that way anymore. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so we got Chrissy Waddle. Who's on the other side? Yeah. Well, we've got an, um, an, another international, as uh, most of these lads are. Uh, another international who um, was absolutely loved by everybody and everybody. He was a magician. Absolute magician. Left footer again. You know, so... But he could play either side, but um, one who could produce something out of nothing. He, he didn't even have to go past defenders at times. You know, he, he could put balls into the box if there was nobody stood in front of him. And he could have two or three stood in front of him. He could produce balls round them, over them, through them. Um, his, his touch and his strength and his ability to go uh, round people was just terrific. And and he produced at the highest level as well. So I've not stood your boys away. You'll get this. If you think I enough, you'll get it. It stuffed me because you put Ricky in the middle, whereas Ricky should... Ricky... No, no, Ricky's in the middle. I'd, I would have put Ricky in the middle. That's quite... I, I, I suppose if you're playing wingers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holding midfield player would have been Jim. Yeah. Two wingers and Ricky just in front of him playing the number eight. Right inside. Definitely has to be right, but can play left. It's the left footed thing. Yeah, he's left footed. What a player. You said international... Uh, International, he's an absolutely well, amazing player, isn't he? Yeah, got lots and lots of caps for his country. Northern Irish? No. Have you put a square peg in a round hole? No, absolutely not. Right. Led on the left wing, virtually all his career. English? And still, no. No. And, and still playing that position, players still couldn't suss him. And he played virtually all his career there. Never knew what he was going to do next. What 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 nationality then? Is that going to give it away? Going to give it away. Is that going to give it away? All right, don't yeah. tell us that. Then. All right, I'm going to chuck a name out there then, which is going to be totally wrong. My mind's blank. John Harks. No. International. <laughs> <sighs> Am I going the right way with the random curve ball like that? No. Right. No. So, <laughs> so it's a household name then. The household name, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah he is, yeah. Legend, in fact. At the football club, a legend. This time he's done it. Oh, he just hold on a second. Hold on a second, Marvin. Legend at the club. One yep. club man. And he wasn't mm. English. He's not English. He's not Northern Irish. Nope. That writes off so many players who played at the top level. He was a legend at the club. Absolutely. Not English. Not English, no. Welsh? Uh, no. No. <laughs> You're trying to go, we've got to give it away, wouldn't it? Um, it was, uh, it was, um, it went into management side of it as well. Oh my gosh. But, but as an assistant, more than a manager, quite a lot. Um, as a player, he was generally maybe a one-man club, although he had a couple of clubs, but generally one. His name was at one particular one. I keep thinking, I can't even think of English people. Give us the country. Give us the country. Scottish. Yeah. I, oh, not John Robinson. G- John who? Is it John Robinson? Is it? No. John who? The one is at Forest. He was at Forest on the left. Robertson. 
Robertson. Do you know what? <laughs> you know what? I had him on my head, right? But I don't know why. For some reason, I thought it was English. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, not, I had him. Yeah, I was thinking of Scottish. There was a first on Brian Clough's team sheet every week. First one down. What a what a player. He was an absolute magician. And and Cluffy Serving said to us, just give him the ball. If you want to breathe, I'll give him the ball. And, and couldn't get it off him. They were fantastic. Uh, again, European Cup winner, you know, lead titles as well, you know. But his assistant, he was always assistant with um Martin. Um That's oh, right, yeah. Oh yeah, what is his name? Uh crack it was his name. Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill. Martin. Yeah, yeah. Always, yeah. always with uh, Martin O'Neill. Yeah, with the assistant with, with you know with Ireland and then Wickham and Leicester and what have you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're a legend. Excellent. But he was another one. He wasn't like blessed with a lot of pace, but just had that little like shuffle yeah. where he would keep bringing it to his right hand side and then skip back oh, onto his left. But, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Made the goal for Trevor Francis in the cup final in the European Cup yeah. final. Malmo. Yeah. It was a terrific, great play, great play. And you, and you couldn't stop that ball coming in, no matter what. Oh, you tried. He just had the knack of just getting that ball around you. Yeah, he used to say, because he, he grows his nails that long, he caught up the end of his toes like that. <laughs> we never believed it, but it was, uh, he, was, he was great for putting some tussy on it, yeah. But, what, but like we said, every, everyone has that one Cloughy story. What's the Cloughy <laughs> story you can tell us about Mr. Clough? We were playing... Um, we drawn Celtic in the European Cup um, two legs. We we're playing them away at, uh, at in Glasgow, and uh, before we went up the day before we went up, Coffee pulls me in one day and he says, "Listen, on Wednesday he says we've got the biggest game in the reserves. I want you to look after all these young lads, show them what it's like to be a great pro." I said, well, "Come out, I want to win." He says, "And the only one I can put my finger on to do it is you." I thought, I felt 10 foot tall. And then I thought of it, that's the best way I've ever been fucking dropped in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that, that was a good, that's a good way to drop getting dropped that like. And uh, but that's what that's the way it was in. And I did feel 10 foot tall the way he was speaking, my buddy. It <laughs> was just leaving me out of the squad. <laughs> love it. Well, not love it. You know what I mean? No, that's a, that's that's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, out of interest, you mentioned O'Neill. Um uh, Northern Ireland, has it ever been on your radar? Have you ever had an opportunity? I have, yeah. I had an opportunity 10 years ago, something like that. I wasn't ready for it. It might have been a bit longer than that, actually. It might have been a bit before that. But I wasn't ready to uh, to give up full-time club football at that time. I didn't um, I didn't want to to go part-time and then, you know, just only see players and be on the turning pitch you know, once every three months or something like that. I didn't I didn't fancy it. But, um, but yeah, it was an opportunity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's for you. It was a case of the part-time nature. It's a totally different beast, isn't it? Um, it is, you don't yeah. get to, and you've mentioned earlier, you love bringing youngsters through and and the passion and that it gives you and the pride. Almost you see them progressing. Yeah. You don't see that. You have to almost have the ready-made article. And it's tactics. Well, you, well, you do, and I, and I think sometimes as well, a little bit more experience that you have helps at that level as well. You know, and uh, you, you you tend to have more connections with with um, with different managers and different, you know, um, coaches and up and down the country across the, across Europe, really, the older you get, you get you, you know you, you manage to speak to more people and more understanding you become, and I think you become a better manager in in the international scene. And I don't think I was ready for that at that time. I was uh, I was still 
you know, cutting my teeth in in, in club management. So, um, so that's why really why I, I, I didn't uh, I didn't want to get involved in that. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're going to get back to your eleven. Okay. Strikers. Are we doing nine and ten, or how are we playing this? Oh yes, you're having um, big man, little no, man. Not necessarily. No, we were no. But, um, you know, not necessarily overly big. Not that target man that you would you know, that would uh, fit into that um, category. But cross off um, Mick Harford, Marv. Well, that's from unfortunate your, from your list. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this particular boy, um, powerful, unbelievable power in his in his uh, in his shooting ability. Um, generally, or predominantly, left footed, but right footed was just as good. But he was he was. Um, Technically left-footed, um, header ball, tough, smash you all over the place if you're a defender, not scared to do that. Um, give him half a chance and he'd be past you before you knew it and he'd ball him back in the net before you knew it. He was just, he had everything, everything. Sheffield um, Wednesday. Yeah. As is his son at Leicester. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. David Hurst. Yeah. What a, what a, what a, well, he had everything at that, at that time. Mm. Manchester United had a bid four million pound turned down by um, by the club at that time. Trevor was Trevor Francis manager, and um, and rightly so as well because he was worth a lot more. But United, we were vying with United at that time, you know, for the the top positions in the in the league. We were we had good results against them all the time, and 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 Hurst, if he's always score against them, be a right handful for Pallister and. and um, and Bruce, Bruce, who were the three centre backs, he just he was running ragged every time he played them. He was different class, but um, but he was tough as well. And if he if he really had to other the the, um, the injuries that he, he suffered later on yeah. in his career, he would he would definitely have been at one of the big clubs. Um, but unfortunately, he didn't, and um, you know he, he, he tapered off a little bit at Southampton when he went to the, down there. But prior to that, when he's when he was in the, his period with us, he was he was unplayable, absolute great player. Yeah, sensational, and and you're not the only one to to name him. But I think in no, there's quite a few people have named him. Yeah. But I think it's really really interesting that yeah, if you were to put a big great big list of England players and, and just players in the early nineties, that a lot of fans wouldn't naturally be drawn to David Hurst. You speak to so many ex players, and he's always yeah. there every time. Oh, which is interesting about training grounds or something else that you guys see that we maybe don't. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was exceptional. Uh, I mean, as soon as, as soon as you got the team sheet, if you knew it was in your team, you, you, you're going to win the game. You, you never felt anything different because you have a chance you'd take it, you know, or it creates something out of nothing. You know, he could pick a ball up on the halfway line and he'd spin the, the, um, the centre-back and just run with the ball pace and you just bounce off him and then he just unleash finishes that you, you know, whether they were powerful or chip or bend, they could do anything. It was, a, it was a terrific, terrific player. And uh, you knew that, if, you know, if you got a chance, he would, it's unlikely he would miss it, that's for sure. Mm. So um, if you're in the other dressing room and you saw the name, you thought, oh, shit, you know, he's uh, you have to take notice of this guy. But when you did, there's other people around him who were more than capable of, of getting goals as well. Like, you know, So it was a, it was a good time for, for David and, and, um, and the club at that time. Yeah. Did he come through ranks at the same age group as you, Marv, or around you, wouldn't he? I don't know. He must have been around you or maybe a year younger. Yeah, but not be, not be fair, Marv. Not be fair. Not be fair. We, we got him from, uh, we booked him from Barnsley. That's right, yeah. I mean, I, 
Yeah. yeah, but like Danny, Danny says, I mean, he had everything. I mean, he had pace, he had power, he was aggressive. I mean, you, you couldn't knock him around. I mean, it was very difficult to play against someone like normally as a striker, someone's predominantly really good in the air or just a great finisher. But like yeah. he had all those as well. Yeah. So it made it even more difficult when you come up against a player of his calibre. Oh, it was a bit like Dillian Atkinson. Can you remember Dillian? Yes, yes, you are, that's true. Very similar to Dalian, but 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 Hersey had he was better in the air than Dalian. Yeah, uh, but the, the attributes are very similar. You know, the the both right. great powerful, quick, um, dribble, dribble. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Um, I, I think Hersey, Hersey just had the attribute because of his own yeah. ability, which he was very good as well. Yeah, excellent. So next to uh, Mr. Hurst is well again, um, very difficult to to um, single these guys out. But I've gone for this fella simply because he was magnificent. Um, and until you actually played with him or against him, you wouldn't realise how good he was. Um, his movement, um, his finesse, his finishing, his pace, um, everything about him, who is class. And, uh, and even to this day, he's still a classy man. I'm going to throw a name out there. I'm thinking along the lines of your team. Someone, I mean, you could compliment Hurst, but I mean, he was quick as well. Dean Saunders. Dean, no, but Dean was one of my one of my ones that um, was around. Yeah, I, I, he was on my list. Dean. Dean was a very good player, very similar attributes to what I spoke about. Yeah, so quite difficult. He was. To, hmm. Yeah, uh, Brian Stein. No, again. So it's not Trevor Francis then. Yes. Oh, what? Trevor Francis. Right, okay. I didn't know because he was, with the great respect, he was getting on when you played with him. Still quick. Still very quick. Sharp, quick. Um, just just a class footballer. Movement was absolutely magnificent. Um, first million pound footballer as well. Yeah, yeah he was. Although, although Brian Clough used to say that's not true because he only paid £999,999.99 pence. <laughs> he wouldn't pay, he wouldn't pay a million pounds for a player. <laughs> that's that's true though, that probably knowing him, yeah. yeah. So uh well yeah, what a what a player. Uh, the great Trevor Francis. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Stunning player. Yeah. What what did you like about Francis and what do you reckon? Um I mean, did he play with Hurst then for a little bit? Yeah, 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 to Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. And, and I played with Trevor at um Forest and the Sheffield Wednesday. Well, yeah. But he was, uh, he was my teammate. He was my, sorry, he was my um, roommate um, for a season or two at Sheffield Wednesday. And he's just everything about him. He, was, he, he lived and breathed, uh, breathed the, the, the way that a footballer should look after himself away from football, away from the training ground. Ate well, hardly drank. If he had a glass of wine, maybe. Um, non-smoker, obviously. Uh, rested up when he needed to rest up. Um, everything that he needed to do and then and then him going to Italy and coming back again, you know, then the, the diets and, and uh, the nutrition that he brought back, the ideas um, <clears throat> that he, he just, that's why he just went on to play till he's still 37, 38. Great, great player. So, yeah. Did you ever play against him, Marv? Mm, I don't think I did. I mean, I don't think I did. No. I don't think I did. You'd remember it, Marv, if you did. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, I would, I would have, definitely would have remembered it because, I mean, like you said, pace and quick and, I mean, would have, 100% would have remembered that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So, over to you, Marvin. So, yes, Dan, so um, that's your 11. So, which manager is going to lead this 11 um, who you've 
um, been involved with it. It doesn't have to be a manager. It could be um, a coach, could be a mentor, could be someone who was a, quite um, prominent in your career growing up. So, yeah, which yeah. person is going to lead this eleven? Well, it was it was between two really. I think um, it, it had to be a manager because you you know you've got to go through the the trials and tribulations of of management to understand you know what. Uh, to get a team together and, and to keep it together and to keep it running smoothly. And uh, both these guys did it, but I think just because of of the the success that he had, that um, I'm putting in second place, Ron Atkinson. Um, Ron was brilliant uh, man manager. He would he he liked the older players. He liked he liked to have an experienced team more than anything. Um, he trusted the older players. He, he didn't think at all think that he wanted. They didn't have too much work to. We put it um, on the training ground. They knew what the jobs were generally. I think that had a bit of experience. So he, he quite liked that, Ron, but he was great from fluffing you up and making you feel 10 foot tall. But Brian Clough got to, has got to be, to, be with the manager. Um, with all the players that I've mentioned there, he would uh, he could have kicked their asses, no problem at all. But he, it's just the way he got people to play as well, you know, and, and these players were players. And, and if these lads, the team that I've mentioned there were in, you know, we're an attacking side, then Cluffy would get the best out of him because he loved playing attacking football. And um, he would encourage it at all at all costs. You know, he, he wouldn't, um, he didn't like it if people played backward passes and to, for no reason whatsoever. You know, he understood under pressure, yeah, but if for no reason he would come out, you know, he always wanted you facing the opposition goal and going try and uh, scoring goals and whatever you creating. So he'd have to be the manager for that, for that team. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, Again, now, what what have you been doing? I mean, obviously, since you stopped playing, I mean, obviously, for most of us who know you, you went into management and was a manager and um, a successful manager. Yeah. And um, for me, again, you, you was one of those ones who was very, like, came across as a calm manager. I never saw you berating on the touchline and screaming at people which was great. I mean, I try and coach the same way. So, I mean, what is, is your management? Have you sort of like just took a step away or is it just a case that you you know you, you don't want to be involved in the game anymore or not I don't no I finished finish my I finished my I mean, I, I'm, I'll leave it to the young ones nowadays uh, on the touchline I've, uh, I, I think I've, you know I've, I've been in it nearly 45 years something like that you know and, and not had a, a, a break in fairness apart from these last two or three years when they decided to step out of it um, when um, when, you, when you've got a family and when you've got, you know, got a very understanding wife like I have um, who's moved up and down the country with you all the time, you know, never never says anything, you know, that's uh, that's going to be giving me a problem for going to a football club or whatever. Um, I decided about two or three years ago that, unfortunately, lockdown came down, but we were going to go on holidays together and spend a bit more time, um, spend a bit of time together where, where we hadn't before. But we only used to have a, that little window, maybe two weeks in the pre-season, where we could get away. You know, so um, the rest of it was full on. So um, I decided to do that. And then the lockdown came and that put a kibosh on that really, didn't it, for a couple of years. Um, but that's all I'm doing now. But we've, we've been blessed with having two two grandchildren in, in that period of time. And so that's taken so much of our time up and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so we've got a, a three and a half year old and a, and a three month old little uh, granddaughter. So it's um, it's fantastic. So we, we, we spend as much time as we possibly can with them. So it, it's not um it's not been a big uh, a big loss from me from not seeing football, but I still go watching games. I was right. at the uh, I was at the um not sorry, uh, sorry at the uh, Newcastle Forest game last week. 
up at um, up at Newcastle. So I still get to lots of games. You know, I, I still enjoy it, but without the pressure now, Rav, as you know. As you yeah. know. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was great to hear from you. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, that's all I have to say, really. It was absolutely no, great to hear from you. It was fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Um, no, and that was, it, Dan. that was Danny Wilson's oh, My Best Eleven. <laughs>